the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My brothers and sisters, there is, I think, when we look at society today, there is kind of one absolute rule, right? One absolute rule that nobody can really question. One absolute rule that whether we realize it or not, just seems to be the rule that kind of overarches everything that we do in society, right? And I think that one overarching rule is that we are not allowed, we absolutely cannot be someone who judges. There's no room for judgmentalism, right? There's this principle of non-judgmentalism. That is so, I think, you know, really kind of, whatever it is that we see in life, you cannot judge. If you judge, you're being arrogant. If you judge, you're being hurtful. If you judge, you're being insensitive. If you judge, X, Y, and Z, you fill it in, right? If you judge, you're just being arrogant. You don't understand that person's feelings, that person's views, whatever it might be. And today, there's just the spirit of non-judgmentalism. And it's worked its way into our TV shows. It's worked its way into the movies. It's worked its way into Hollywood, into the mainstream media. It's worked, it's worked its way everywhere, right? Everywhere in society, there is this rule that you cannot judge. And it happens to each and every one of our lives, right? Nowadays, you cannot judge everyone. Everyone has a right to determine who they are, right? Everyone has this freedom, and, and this freedom is what they use. There's no moral compass. They just do what it is that they feel is right, as long as it's not hurting anybody. I'm doing okay. Right? Everyone has the right to do to their own opinion. Everyone has the right to their own lifestyle. Everyone has a life to their own orientation. Everyone even today and nowadays has a right to their own gender, to their own whatever, whatever, whatever. You fill in the blank. As long as it doesn't hurt nobody, we're good. As long as it doesn't hurt nobody, we're good. To take it a step further, they'll even throw religion into it. Here is Jesus Christ, right, who tells us that don't judge. Don't judge unless you yourself be judged. Don't judge unless you yourself be judged. And so they try to take this perspective and they try to push it. Even your own religious leader, even Jesus Christ himself says this. So how do you have a right to critique the way in which I'm living? Jesus is saying, don't judge. He accepts me for who I am and things of that nature and blah, blah, blah. Right? It's not at all the case. Jesus himself says that. Right? He's inclusive. He's whatever. He's, uh, he's kind of inviting sinners alike as well as saints and he's eating with them and things of that nature. And that's it. That's what they leave it at, and that's what they walk away from. And they say, now you have to accept me because this is what it is. But we know that Jesus judges himself. We know that even Jesus himself, if we look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, where he's going through kind of his, the way in which someone should live, live life, right? He talks about an eye for an eye. That's not a, it's not a law of love. He talks about oaths, don't break oaths, right? Kind of be true to those things, be genuine. He talks about divorce, adultery, he talks about murder, he talks about all these things. How it is we should be living our moral compass, and he judges those who go against. Saying if you go against these central rules, you will die. Now not, of course, a physical death, right? But you will die in here. What's there worth living for? What's your moral compass? What are you living for? Jesus even judges those Pharisees who always teach the wrong things, who always, he says very harshly, at one point he calls the Pharisees, you whitewashed tombs. You very nice looking tombs, you look very nice on the outside, but on the inside there's nothing, there's only dead men, the bones of dead men. You are not living for anything true. Jesus judges. But what does it mean to judge? Right? What does it mean to judge? Jesus judges not to say, hey, I know the law and I'm better than you. 
hey, I know the law, and you're not going according to what the church teaches. You're not going against this. You're not, I have to put you in your right place because this is the law that we're trying to follow. That's not what Jesus is trying to say. That's not what judgment is. Judgment instead has to be rooted in love. It's got to be rooted in love. It's got to be what Jesus says here, that when he points out the moral failures, when he points out something that we're doing wrong, why does he point it out? It's because he doesn't want to see us go down the wrong direction. He doesn't want to see us go down the wrong direction. A lot of times when we judge, and what I think Jesus means by here is do not judge, is when we judge out of gossip, out of pride. When we say, hey, I know better than those people, right? I know better than so-and-so. So-and-so is really breaking the law here. So-and-so is really going against the commandments of God. But me, I know the commandments of God. I'm much better than, that, than so-and-so, than that person. That's judgment. That's incorrect judgment. That's what Jesus is trying to warn us against, is that we have no right to judge because we ourselves are sinners. But we, who even though are sinners, are attached to the church, are attached to the Eucharist, are receiving the Eucharist weekly, us who know who Jesus is, who dwells in our hearts, when we have this understanding of who Jesus is and how he's working in our lives, we understand that we are above all sinners. We understand that we are sinners who need the mercy of God just like anyone else. And to take it a step further, when we see that Jesus invites sinners, right? He invites prostitutes. He invites tax collectors. He invites those who are outcast by society. He invites them to eat with him. To join him. But he doesn't just say, okay, but you keep doing, you keep living your lifestyle. No, no. He doesn't say keep living your lifestyle, keep living your lifestyle of sin. I accept you for who you are. He doesn't say that. But he calls them to transformation. He calls them to change how it is that they are living their life so they can live in the truth of God. And so the first step is always to welcome, right? Someone might be living in sin. Someone might be living in a way that's contrary to the church. Someone might be living in a way that's going against what the church teaches. But they're always welcome inside the church. That is first and foremost. They should always be welcome in our community as Christians. As fellow people of God. As fellow brothers and sisters in God. And so here it is. We've talked about judgment. We've talked about judgment and what it means to rightfully judge. But we can't have judgment without love. We can't have judgment without love. St. Paul, we hear in the first reading, says, Make your ultimate aim love. Make your ultimate aim love. In another reading, he says this. Don't owe anyone anything. Don't owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, and therefore love is fulfilling the law. That last sentence. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling the law. St. Paul, who by the way is considered, right, right after the... the uh, Resurrection of Jesus. He was considered one of the great persecutors of Christians and himself becomes a Christian. But he's known as this person who his entire life studied the Jewish law inside and out. 
He's studied. He knows it like the back of his hand, right? No one can argue anything when it comes to Jewish law, when they're talking to St. Paul. And here he is saying, we have to look at the law for what it is. It guides you to Jesus. But when it is that we're using it to correct others, we can't say, I'm going to use this law to put that other person in their place. I'm going to use this law to show how right I am versus this other person. I'm going to use this law to show how righteous I am before God, before others. No. He says the law must be used in love. To say to one another, I'm not judging you out of judgment. I'm not judging you out of pride. But I'm judging you because I love you. And to judge, in essence, means this, right? To love and to judge means that you will, that you want what's best for the other person. You want what's best for the other person. My brothers and sisters, as we, as we get deeper and deeper into these discussions, right, as we get deeper into this political season, there can be divisions that arise, right? As discussions get deeper, as kind of more and more lines are taken, we forget judgment out of love, and we forget how to judge one another in the way that Christ wants us to judge. He wants us to judge, but He wants us to judge out of love. He doesn't want you to say, for example, you know, let's say you have a parent, a parent who has a child. And that child is going in the wrong direction in life, they're using drugs, they're with the wrong crowd of people, whatever it might be. Is it love to say, I don't want to hurt that child's feelings? I don't want that child not to be my friend anymore. I don't want that child to reject me. And so I'm not going to correct that child. Is that love? Or is it cowardice? Is that love? Or is that going against love? You're not loving your child if you're doing them a disfavor. You're just trying to be the cool parent in a sense, right? In the same way, if someone in your life is going the wrong direction in life, out of love, you are going to tell them, hey, listen, this is going to, this is going to lead you down the wrong path in life. And you know this, because Jesus Christ himself tells us. That's where we take a step back and say, do I love the person? Do I love the person enough to tell them the truth? Not to allow them to fall, to stumble, but to find Jesus Christ. You see, all these things we do out of love. Sometimes people are not willing to hear these things at the moment. That's when we pray for them. That's when we pray for our country. That's when we pray for our family values. Our family values that are being so attacked, especially when it comes time to this election season, November 8th, which, by the way, the family has no, never been so attacked. Never been so attacked. My brothers and sisters, judge out of love. Judge out of the way that Christ wants you to judge. Judge out of love so we can show others the truth, the way, and the life. And the truth and the way and the life is Jesus Christ. And we show others the truth and the way and the life. We call others to transform. We invite them to see who Jesus is. That's where they have that inner transformation. That's where they finally begin to realize that when they follow the words of Jesus, there is new life. That is when we form a society that's good enough for our children. That is how we save the society. That's how we save our country. By saying, hey, there is a truth. And that truth is rooted in love. I want to end by, um, by just kind of making, making a few things aware. There is, again, as the political landscape becomes even more strange, there is even a push in our schools to push, like, you know, like gender ideologies, gender, you know, you can change your gender and things of that nature. And anyways, there's these, there's these programs that are in the public schools that are just becoming more and more 
however you want to put it, more and more crazy as time goes on, none of it makes sense. A hundred years ago, there was an author who said that very soon there's going to be a time when we will argue over the fact that two plus two equals four. That will become an argument. That will become something where that becomes an opinion. Two plus two equals four, this is logic. We are in those days. And so there are, in Mich there is in Michigan, right? There are these laws that exist that allow you, parents, to opt your children out of these programs. And it's a very clear law, and there's uh, the St. Thomas More Society, which is a Catholic uh, society of lawyers. They're going to be holding a conference at Mother of God next week at 7 o'clock. There's going to be a panel discussion with, I believe, Father Brian Kessa, and I believe two representatives from the St. Thomas More Society. And they're going to show you how it is that you can opt out of these things if you are a parent, right? My brothers and sisters, be awake. Be awake as to what's going on. Be awake as to the attacks in the family. Be awake as to what is constantly going on in the lives of your children, the lives of your family. Be awake to these things. Be awake. Because as soon as you know it, it creeps into our lives and it takes hold. But don't let it creep into your life. Be that change. Be awake to what's going on and understand the society around us. Understand the darkness so we can walk away from the darkness. We can judge the darkness if we walk towards the light and the love that is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen.